Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and I bring to you today Part 6 of a multi-part Lenten series entitled Purple Theory, today's message specifically entitled Worship, based off of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 through 33. So let us dive into the Word today. So whether you eat or drink, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the Church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others, so that many may be saved. Amen. The spiritual discipline of worship is not just about showing up to church on Sunday. It is about weaving worship through our everyday lives in different ways. Now, in church, I show a video of uh, these two women who are worshiping at a contemporary um, probably non-denominational church with a band, a praise band, and the, the praise band is uh, singing a song called uh, Gracefully Graces Me, and um, it's a sketch comedy. I, I love sketch comedies, and um, basically the, the girl is trying to worship. Everybody else around her are like ecstatic in worship, hands raised, people dancing and swaying, people singing as if God is filling them. And uh, she's she's trying her best to, but the words make absolutely no sense at all. They just, they just don't. They don't make any sense. Like, just listen to the title, Gracefully Graces Me. Like, hmm? You know, and, and uh, just, just the song gets more and more ridiculous as it goes on. And the more and more ridiculous it gets, the more and more confused <laughs> And even disturbed the uh, the one woman gets while her friend is like, don't think about it, just just sing. <laughs> and so uh, it's a really funny video, but oh my goodness, I can't tell you how much I love it. Um, I love sketch comedy in general, but this one has a special place in my heart. Why? Because I have found myself in awkward worship services like that too. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I love contemporary worship music. I really do, and I love contemporary worship as much as I love traditional. I, I love worship in general. But some of it, especially in contemporary worship, some of it, uh, some of the songs uh, can be thin, theologically speaking, uh, and repetitive. There once was an evangelical group that, that used to hold services in, in different churches uh, in the community I lived in at the time. One time they came to the church I was at, and so I decided to attend. As I, Like I said, I, I love worship. O-M-G. I was, I was like the confused girl in that video, for I was not prepared for what I was experiencing. People were blowing shofar horns, you know, those huge those huge instruments made from actual ram horns. People were lying on the ground crying, others jumping around and shouting. At one point, 
as I had my hands raised and my eyes closed, you know, in the in the spirit of worship, I got whacked in the back of the head with a rod of a banner someone was waving with their eyes closed. Not a safe practice. It was it was a scary and dangerous worship experience, one that I'll I'll never forget ever. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not judging how others worship. Just because it was foreign and strange to me doesn't make it any less real, vibrant worship. In fact, it was clearly natural and spirit-led for others. In fact, by the end of the service, I was in tears as the Holy Spirit had spoke to me. But it took a while to get there, given all of the stuff that was happening around, and certainly getting hit in the head with a, a banner rod was not, uh, was not helpful. We, all, we have all experienced moments where, when we were not sure if what we were doing was really worship or, or wondered about what worship truly was. Perhaps we have felt as though we were worshiping when we were doing something outside of the church. Standing at the edge of the ocean, climbing a mountain, gathered around, gathered around a meal with friends and, and family. Scripture tells us, Scripture tells us that everything we do is worship. Everything. From our breathing to our eating. As long as it is done with the intention of praising God. So what does what does scripture say exactly? There there are no real standards for how to worship. There are no real standards for how to worship. No prescriptions on how many prayers need to be said or how many verses of the hymns need to be sung or out of what hymnal they must be sung. Worship starts with the intention that everything that is done in a day is done to give glory to God. It is important that we remember that God does not require a specific bulletin or that there's a particular order of worship that most pleases God. But our worship, both public and private, should be done with the intention the intention to bring glory to God. It is not about perfection, per se. It is about living our lives as disciples. Verse 31 tells us that no matter what we do, whether we are living or breathing, eating or drinking, whatever we do, we should do it for God to give glory and show gratitude. This opens up the possibility and freedom of all sorts of regular daily activities becoming acts of worship. The point is not to diminish the importance of worshiping in church or other traditional ways. It is vital that we carry on the worship traditions of the church as they are a part of the foundation of our faith. Worshiping in a community context was always God's intention for worship. But that doesn't mean that worship stops there. We are also to expand worship into a, a way of life 
including and yet going beyond worship as we often think of it. In the context of this passage that we read today, the Apostle Paul is talking about Christians eating and drinking with people of other religions. For example, the imperial cult, the Gentiles who, who worshipped the emperor, or uh, eating pr- food purchased from them because the food was sacrificed in honor of the emperor as, a, as an offering. And to the Jewish people, to eat with such people or to, or to eat that type of food was sinful because it had been sacrificed to false gods. And Paul says that doesn't, that doesn't really matter. What, what Jesus taught what goes into our mouths doesn't defile us. It's what comes out of the heart that defiles us. What comes out of the mouth defiles us because it comes from the heart. So Paul is arguing against those who would say it is not lawful to do this. Not only is it permissible to eat and drink with people of other religions, Paul says, but because of the freedom we have in Jesus, these acts and every single thing we do can and should become acts of worship. They can and should become acts of worship. As verse 32 implies, showing kindness and openness to the hospitality of others even turn these regular moments into an opportunity to witness our faith in God to them. So Paul isn't eating with Gentiles and uh, drinking with Gentiles and conversing with Gentiles just for the sake of doing so. I mean, sure, relationships are important, and, and he was genuine in those relationships, I'm sure. But his whole reason for doing it was to bring people to the knowledge and into the presence of God. And you can't do that if you're playing the game of standoff, right? Like, you can't do that if you're being standoffish. You can't do that if you're being judgmental. You can't do that if you're isolating yourself away from people. Paul encourages the Corinthians to be thoughtful about what they choose to do or not do in the company of other people, especially non-Christians so that God is glorified by the way they interact with others, and so that they do not hurt or harm others. Paul even gets to a place where he says, you know, is it sinful to eat food sacrificed to idols? No. If you don't think it's sinful, then feel free to do it. We're free in Christ to do it. But if you know that doing so is going to cause your brother or sister to stumble, refrain from doing it around them. Because you don't want to bring harm to other people. So what does this mean for you? How do you worship? Where do you feel most connected to God? What elements in the worship service you usually attend? What are the elements that you connect with, that help you connect with God? disconnects you? How does being aware of what makes you feel connected 
shift how you think about what it means to worship. I encourage you to think outside of the box about how you worship God and how you can turn daily activities into worshipful moments through transforming intention. For instance, I worship God through my work as a pastor. Though being there or through being there for for family and friends, I I worship God through being there for family and friends, through my art and through writing. I pour my soul out to God through singing, especially in the shower. In fact, I praise God a lot in the shower because there is nothing more glorious than a morning shower. Amen? How is our community, or the community you worship at, a safe place to explore and express different paths of worship? This is tricky. Because worship is both communal, but it's also extremely personal. And people connect to God in different ways. And oftentimes you can see people resistant to change or including something new in worship or having a different worship service for other people. They'll say, oh, we're going to divide into two congregations. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that's not true if you don't let it be true. Just because you have two different times of worship doesn't mean you turn into two different churches. I mean, look at the Roman Catholic Church throughout the centuries have had multiple times throughout the week of worship, and there's still the one Roman Catholic Church, right? Like, providing people different times of worship and different styles of worship and different ways of worship doesn't hurt the church. It enriches it. It includes more rather than telling people my way or the highway. So how is our or your community a safe place to explore and express different paths of worship? How are different gifts and interests honored in the life of the church? In what ways can we grow to be more open to and accepting of different expressions of worship? How can we integrate different paths of worship in our communal life? How do we begin to look at worship as not confined to a particular experience, for instance, a worship service, but central to our everyday lives? Throughout this week, think on this and begin to make every day the Lord's day. For this and all days are the day the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this this uh, inspiring, uplifting, worshipful, and hopefully challenging message. Help us make every day and every moment of the day an act of worship, bringing glory to you. Remind us that it isn't about our way. It's about all of our ways. 
we we lord ask you to humble us and remind us that this this isn't about us it's about you and bringing others to you and help us to do so cheerfully and faithfully with intention and great anticipation we pray all these things in the name of jesus christ our lord and our savior amen well, friends, thank you for tuning in. As always, I am th- always uh, excited and honored to be able to, uh, and certainly privileged to be able to bring you these messages. Uh, I hope that you you get something out of them, and if you're listening to them, I, I'm assuming you do. Um, always feel free to reach out to me, to interact, to comment. Um, uh, definitely share. The more you share um, these podcasts, the more the message gets out to more people. Uh, you can check out the uh, episode notes below. Uh, you'll see there. Uh, I'll put a link to the the video I mentioned so you can check it out. Also, if this is your main uh, spiritual nourishment for the week and you feel so called, we would love for you to and greatly appreciate it if you uh, gave to First United Methodist Church of Newton, uh, where, where uh, I serve. That will help us continue on in our mission and ministries, especially during such an unprecedented and uh, weird time that we've been in since uh, since a year ago, if you can believe that. Anyway, uh, if not, if you attend, if this is supplemental and you attend another church, um, please, please, please give to them, as I'm sure they need it as much as we do. Um, but wherever you give, give with a joyful heart, for it is who we are called to be as Christians. With that said, friends, remember you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Amen. Go in peace.